I'm Pete Townsend, and this is Money Never Sleeps. We look inside the minds of entrepreneurs and at the crossover of startups, enterprise, finance, technology, and life as we know it. Before we dive into this week's episode of Money Never Sleeps, just a quick heads up that the ETH Dublin Hackathon is just ahead of us in Dublin on May 26th to the 28th, 2023 at Dogpatch Labs in Dublin. ETH Dublin is a first Web3-focused hackathon conducted on the island of Ireland. and The idea is to create a space for the community to build and attract talent to the Web3 ecosystem. Check out the details on ethdublin.io. On the show this week, we've got Howie Young, founder and CEO of Protico, one of the 12 founding teams forming the Techstars Web3 Accelerator class of 2023. Protico is a Web3 chatting network that enables Web3 chat on apps in seconds for enterprises that want to migrate business and engage customers at the Web3 level. With over eight years of experience in the chat and messaging industry, Howie Young is a highly skilled and dedicated professional who has built a reputation for delivering innovative and user-focused solutions. Combining a strong foundation in business with extensive self-taught technical expertise, Howie has contributed to the development of numerous successful and creative products that are used in more than 100 countries around the world. Also, before launching Protico, Howie has been fueling his creative mind as a founder of a co-working space for the startup ecosystem back home in Taipei, Taiwan, since 2014. In this episode, Howie and I riff on his life experiences to date that led him to launch Protico before digging into Howie's first steps into the market with Protico's MVP. We also get into the crossover of Web2 users into Web3, some of the key challenges Howie sees ahead, and his big earned secret from his life experience. All right here on Money Never Sleeps. Howie Young, how are you? Hi. <laughs> Hi, Pete. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Pretty excited to everything. Good. It's the middle of the, the Techstar Web3, so... Yep, we are here live in London at Techstars London at WeWork Aldwych. Yeah. You've been in London for nearly two months now, haven't you? Yeah, it's, actually, it's my first time to be in London. But yeah, after the Dublin week, I just fly here. And so, so far, I, I think it's the, the fourth or the fifth weeks. And the first one was actually quite bad, but I was able to visit the London office, which is where we are now yep. at the moment and be able to meet all the other teams from Techstars and other people that are in WeWork trying to do something good. So be able to meet new friends and new entrepreneurs actually make me feel better and better now. So I pretty much like London, actually. Good, oh. good. And I think that beanie, that Techstars beanie, you, you've been wearing, <laughs> that helps, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that's why now I think... I'm always wearing something about Texas T-shirt or Texas beanie because somehow it helps me as a like foreigner to kick off some very interesting conversation randomly, and that's pretty cool to me. Yeah, yeah. All you need <laughs> is an icebreaker sometimes, right? Yeah, exactly. No, and you've such a positive force around here. Uh, and yeah. talking to Salam Chowdhury, shout out to Salam about yeah. just you being in this space, and yeah. it's great to have you here. So yeah, that's the word on the street. So yeah. thank you. <laughs> over the last few months of getting to know you, Howie, and just learning about how good of a human being you are, and how <laughs> caring you. you are for people and considerate of people is just, you're such an awesome presence to have. Thank you. <laughs> in this cohort with us. So I appreciate you. it. But w what I'm thinking is that, you know, having some deep thoughts in preparing for this conversation today, that this background that you have in chat and messaging, yeah, right? And also as the founder of a co-working space yeah. back home in Taipei, yeah. in Taiwan, yeah. how have those two things together, the, the, the lifetime of developing messaging and chat 
but also in the middle of a co-working environment where your natural personality and your natural instincts just lead you into certain activities. How have those two things together influenced your desire to launch Prodico and to build this into a globally scaled business? Yeah, so I think about to build a global business, it's something that deeper in my mind when I was very young, but so... The whole journey actually starts from homework when I was in college. And it was the last year, the fifth year, actually. So it's a homework for the class. And we were trying to do something about a project about social. And we launched it. And then in one week, we got 50,000 users with just organic growth. So it was quite good. And that just made me so that, oh, probably I can make something good. I can really build something that people like. Because for all of my colleagues, they were all work, they are all now working for lots of like Facebook or Google, like big companies. But I feel I can probably do something. I can create something. So I just want to try it. And that's where everything starts. And, but when I tried, and by the way, it was 10 years ago. And at that time, when we try to build something, we don't have things like we work in Taiwan, in Taipei. We don't have co-working space. At that time, lots of my friends also want to do some a startup. Yeah. But we just can't we just can't find anywhere to stay. We can only live in co- the cafe. Yeah. Which they hate us. <laughs> they hate us a lot. So I just think, oh, probably I can just rent a very small apartment and make it like a garage. And share it so then we can have a we can have a hub, and that hub will just bring us lots of people with a similar mindset who want to create something which can build a great a good network. So yeah, that's everything start and I just create and it was eight years ago and now it's still working. So with the co-working space built, actually I was able to meet lots of new friends that I never thought I could met. Like in the, in the past eight years, all of the team who came to my place, the reason why they left, it, usually it's all because they growth and they raised like millions. And so now it actually becomes a very powerful network like what we have okay. in Techstars. And their vision and their whole experience can also be something that I can learn. I can, I can learn from. And they also give me the, the team members now I have in my team. Okay. Which is one of our co-members. And I met him in like seven years ago. He was working for a YC Illumina in 2017. And, but the project didn't work. But he still stayed in my working space. So with, though we were not working with each other, but we actually sit side by side with each other for seven years. So, and I also be able to introduce some investor I met outside to invest some people stay in my co-working space. And that referral went very well. He probably got 10 times returns. Wow. Yeah. Because he was the first one to sign the tickets, and now he, the company still just raised probably B round. So probably over 10, 10 times return. And yeah, so that actually that investor 
also become one of my backers now. Okay. Okay. So everything is there just, it could be just that, but now they are all lines to me. I get it. I just feel that doing something, doing something like this always make me to think, oh, I'm, I, I can learn something new. And when I learn something new, I can, I can see more things I can do. And my vision comes from, from the local demands. And then now I can see more things from the outside, from outside Taiwan. So yeah, that's why now I'm here because to build something about social actually in the past eight years, what I learned is that you, like Taiwan is a very small market. If you did it very great in Taiwan, but actually it's not possible for you to really bring this outside. So, so now when I try to start building protocol, what I'm thinking about is we need to start, we need to start it with a very a global vision mm -hmm. at the first day, at the day one. So yeah, so that's why when we are in the very early stage, I try to, yeah, now that's why now I'm in Techstars Web3 because gotcha. yeah, we definitely need to be here and be able to reach out to the global talent or the global network or the mentors or the investor. And yeah, so. I yeah. get it. I get it. No, it's, it, it's, it's a, a long story because yeah, it's 10 years. So yeah. 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 No, I get it. And it, this, this cultivating yeah. of a network yeah. cultivating of the, these connections that you made yeah. in the, in the co-working space that you set up yeah. that just learning by association, learning by sitting next to people, yeah. building relationships yeah. and then figuring out what you wanted to do together. Yeah, exactly. That you just immerse yourself in the environment. Yeah. Was it purposeful that <laughs> I'm going to figure something out eventually? Or was it that just by serendipity yeah, exactly. that you came up with this, which was, was it on purpose or was it serendipity that you're like, if I go and I set up this co-working space, I'm going to figure out my path. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's because just like what I, it's something I need. And I feel that lots of people who just like me need this space. So if there's no one build it, why can I just build it? Yeah. And so, yeah. So when I build it actually like, at the first month, we just, we, we can have revenue at the first month. So it was quite a good, it was a good time to, to build a coworking space because yeah, there's very high demand in Taiwan that time. And yeah, so when I look back now, I feel everything I did is really related to community. Yep. Like chat is online community, which is what we are also working now. And coworking space is the physical community offline. But it's all about community, which could be just my passion. Though I never probably before I didn't figure it out or I didn't like see it inside my my mind. But yeah, yeah, when people talk about it. Yeah, probably it's just my passion. I'm inside, seeing that yeah, deeply in my mind. I'm seeing passion. Yeah, definitely <laughs> is community for you, Howie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I see that. Yeah. So tell us about Protico, right? Yeah. What is it? Why is it something that will breed these online communities? How? How is it working? So yeah, to simply explain it. So currently every business, every brand, when they build their product, if it goes good, then they will have a community. Then the brands will start thinking, where should I manage or build my community? And then all of the solution could be, now it would be like Telegram, Discord, WhatsApp, Facebook, Instagram, which are all not the brands, their core product. So that's a problem. 
no matter like how much time and effort every, every, every team build their product, every time people try to build their community, eventually they will always push users outside from their product to some other people's product. And if the community went pretty good, the community will actually stay at some other place, not their product. So that's a problem. So, and that it's kind of the whole Web3, the past decades, it's just that just worked like that way. So what I learned before, my first project is about Messenger. So it's a Web2 Messenger. And what I learned is that it's very hard to ask a user to download a new social app when they already have Instagram, when they already have Facebook. So that's why it's very hard for, also for, it's very hard for the brands to build their social apps. But with protocol, actually, what we do is we help all the brands to add a very elegant and simple social layer right on their current product as a feature. And then immediately, Every product, every application now will be just like Facebook, Telegram, Discord. And the best part is when the social feature works, the community is right on their product. It's not on some other third-party applications. And that's everyone want to have if they are building a product to be able to stay with their community. When the communities are chatting, are exchanging their opinion, it's still on their product. Have better engagement, have longer usage time, and know their community better. So that's what we do. We just help enterprise build their native community right on their product. For the users, what you will feel is in the future, every time when you join the community, the way you join the community is not, it's not something like, oh, now I need to go to Discord, I need to go to Telegram. It's like when you are visiting any website, any applications, the community is just right there yeah. on the application you are using. Yeah. So it's a seamless social experience, seamless community experience. And I believe that that could be everyone's best experience to, to participate in the communities. Yeah. And I love it. I love it. I mean, I, I messed around with it, obviously the Chrome extension that you can download and that it's just living there on any website. Yeah. Right. And that it's there to, it's there to play with But you've made some headway with some partners here just to get things going. You've got ETH Taipei. Yeah. Right. You've got ETH Dublin. Yeah. Um, You've got others that just (laughs) this Monday. Excellent. And tell us about how the network effects start to take off when I know this is kind of your your go-to-market wedge yeah. is by working with conferences, hackathons, and yeah. being able to get your Web3 lobby, as you call it, yeah. up onto their websites, up onto their, you know, it's effectively their product, right? Yeah. And tell us about how that starts to breed some network effects. Yeah, so actually, before the, the, the network effect happens to us, the, the experience is quite different because just like what I said, how I introduce protocol is actually it convinced everyone I met, like every product owner I met because they can basically feel it. They all understand it, but before they just don't have any solution to resolve it. Mm -hmm. So when I came to them and explained how it works, most of the time they will just buy in. So 
that makes us, when there's a showcase in specific industry comes out, it just gives us more power to reach out to the other similar project or teams or brands to see, to tell him that, hey, it's not just sounds good. Actually, people are using it. People like the brands or maybe competitors or teams like you, they already start using it. And you can see it on their website. You can directly feel it. You just try to be a user and use it and you will feel that's very different from the, the previous solution you used. So what we do is like, it's very easy to experience and easy to understand the, the difference. So when we have one and then East Taipei, and then now we have East Dublin, now we are actually talking to more and more conference. It's all from referral or actually come from the inbound, inbound marketing, because currently if you search, like now if you're sitting in front of your Mac, you just type, you just search web three chat on Google or any other search engine, you will see protocol as the first solution. If you ask AI, what's the leading web three project, still you'll find our name as a first solution. So this, all these things can just bring us the more organic growth, one by one, one by one, one by one. And what we do is actually very powerful. So when people feel it, they will introduce to some other their friends. So that's how the network effect starts. So yeah, I think. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I get it, I get it. I think the most important part is that most of the identity, all of the identity is based on Web3. It's yep. based on user's wallet address. So it's default anonymous. Yep. So that's the biggest point because if you're logging with Google or Facebook, people will know your real identity. And secondly, it can help, just like what we discussed, with this kind of user data, it can really help enterprise to understand their community and be able to create better solution, better answer, better service to their community. And, sec- and probably be able to reward the community because they already know their wallets. So that's a powerful thing this, because that's something you can do with the web to social network or social graph. I gotcha, okay. Yeah. And what does the world look like where Protico is an absolute necessity? Where if you build a product and you've got a yeah. website, you've got an app, yeah. you're going to need to install Protico and use Protico just like you've got Intercom today yeah. as a widget. Now, a lot of people have come up with their own versions of Intercom yeah. where that widget is used for customer service and support, yeah. right? But that is just one-to-one. That's one user to the company, to the business, to their customer support unit, yeah. right? Yeah. This protocol is all users engaging with each other, but also with the company itself, with yeah. the brand. What does the world look like where this is a complete necessity? So actually, it'll be just like the movie of Ready Player One. Okay. In the movie, when everyone, they are playing any games, it's a different, it could be an app, it could be a website, but when anyone, any player in the in the whole game, in the world, they don't need to use a specific app just for chat, just for social. They just call a universal chat window. Yes. And they will be able to reach out to anyone where they are playing different games. Yep. So that's what we do. We believe that we will create a universal interface across all the application 
so that awesome. everyone will be able to chat with everyone anytime, anywhere. So chat in the future will not be application. Yeah. There will be interface. You will be able to enjoy anytime. So for the users, you can remove all of your chatting applications in the future, but instead on any other application that you are using, there's always a place for you to receive messages, to reply messages, and find a community which is with the people they are having the same interest with you, right? On the application that you are using. I gotcha. I gotcha. And yeah. and I, I can think of a, a scenario here where uh, you and I are playing basketball, yeah. right? In, <laughs> in the metaverse, okay? And you've bought these like, you know, Air Jordan 104, okay? <laughs> and in the metaverse, they give you this super ability to jump higher than anybody else. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, Pete, sorry, I got to go. I got to get back to real life for a few <laughs> hours here. I'm like, dude, Howie, can I get a lens of your Air Jordan 104s so that I can jump super high yeah, exactly. against all these other folks we're playing against? Yeah. And so you can, in the chat window, yeah. You can send me those Air Jordan 104s because they're just basically an NFT. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. So that's, and and it, when you are that universal yeah. window yeah. for all online engagement, yeah, exactly. th that is a big, pretty big deal to get there. Yeah, we believe that if we really do it great, everyone who are building their brand, who are building their product could be very happy. And everyone that is working on Web3 yeah. actually will be happier because we are actually focusing on Web2 Enterprise. What we do is a very easy use tool for any Web2 Enterprise, traditional enterprise, to easily jump into Web3. Yeah. So every user, the moms and the pops, they can enjoy it because what they need to do is just type. And type is ev everyone can, can do. So then we can have the massive adoption. Then everyone, they're working Web3 now, they can have more users. So okay. everyone is happy now. I know, I get that. Before we get there, right? Before we get to that metaverse reality, yeah. we've got Web2 brands, yeah. like you said, that are engaging with their users in yeah. this way, enabling them to, you know, whether they just want to chat yeah. or if there is, you know, say Starbucks installing on their website. Yeah. They got a whole loyalty program. Yeah. Right? Where which which are digital assets, which are NFT driven. Yeah. Yeah. And that if Starbucks installed Protoco yeah. on their website, yeah. they could have their users starting to trade these loyalty tokens back and forth between exactly. each other. Exactly. And when some people, if they have a very limited edition NFT, they can probably got some other feature, some other reward. So that's called NFT gateway. And that's kind of very powerful CRM tool yeah. or marketing campaign. So yeah, it could be very powerful. Lots of good ideas there. Yeah. Thinking back to what you've experienced so far, what we were talking about at the beginning yeah. of this chat, that you must have had some pretty good lessons learned from this lifetime so far of what you've been up to that gave you the confidence to really be able to overcome some of these challenges. Any key one or two lessons learned that you can think of that you can point back to? We'll probably need another <laughs> EP to, to discuss this <laughs> because I start, I, I'm building Star for 10 years. But anyway, so... To be honest, I'm still not that confident, but what I learned is that everything you do, even you fail, yeah, it still means something. And it will make the next step more correct. So you just need to 
But to prove that, you just need to make another step. You just try and keep trying, keep trying. Every step you move is meaningful. And to be honest, I just feel it yesterday because like every day, like yesterday, last night, I think maybe today is not the day that I should stay in the office that late because I probably can sleep earlier because I'm good enough. But I just have an idea. I need to finish this tonight because I think it's important. So I just stay a bit later and that actually brought us a very good meeting with some investor that are interested in what we're doing. Good. Though we don't know if that will happen, if any good things will happen, but actually that's something I learn every day. So if you just try harder, usually most of the time, you will get something good back. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, trying is confidence. It's the confidence to try. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, exactly. You know, Yeah. and you've got this... The, the, you've got the extra oomph in you. And I can tell that it's, can you go another 2%? Yeah. Right. Can you yeah, go exactly. another 2% in your day and you don't know what's going to happen? Founder that I know well, that's how he got his first investor. It was just that extra 2 or 3% when it's like, can I spend another 20 minutes doing this before I go to bed? Yeah, exactly. And that's how he got it. And he just got, he reconnected with someone who he had worked with in the past yeah. who was just, had become an investor and he didn't even know, yeah. didn't even know he was just reconnecting with them and boom, landed his first investor that was the lead investor for his seed round. Yeah. Right. So yeah, that extra 2% can be so critical. Love yeah. that. Do you see, you know, if you look at what's ahead of you for challenges, can you identify probably what the biggest thing is, the biggest hurdle that you're going to have to, to clear? The problem is we feel that, or the signal from the market is quite good. So we just need to make sure that we are that good enough to create something that people believe and want to see in the future. Yeah, so that's a challenge. Okay. Yeah. And how are you going to break that down for me? How are you going to pursue that? That's a very good question. You uh, just need to try harder every day, be able to, and then to have a very excellent, intelligent team pick investors carefully and talk to the users, talk to the client, listen to the market. That's yeah, quite simple, but yeah, it's very hard. It is, it yeah. is. No, it's these constant signals that you're getting yeah. from investors, from users, from the market. Yeah. And it sounds like you have already surrounded yourself yeah. with really good people yeah. over the course of the last 10 years. Yeah. And it's formalizing that, right? Yeah, and, exactly. and that where you are orchestrating a group of really smart people yeah. to do this, you know, and you've got the opportunity right there in front of you. Cool. What is something that you believe to be true that others may believe to be false? And this is something that I, I call your earned secret, right? That you have gathered from your life's experience so far. I mean, yeah, it's to me, it's very easy. So I'm a sole founder. So to most of the people, no matter they are founders or they are investors, most of the time they just don't believe that you can do it alone. I probably don't believe it, but it's like to have co-founders is good, but it doesn't mean that you can do it alone because if you know something you are building is good and people need it, you, have, you don't have co-founder, that's just a thing. You just need to keep building and if you're lucky enough, you find a co-founder, that's good. In the previous eight years or 10 years, every time when I reach out to 
people that went in and said that I'm sole founder, people were just like, oh, you need a co-founder. I can actually understand it, but yeah, I'm still here and I'm still sole founder. So yeah, just prove it by myself. And actually this is something why I believe it, I can do it alone. I mean, I trust that I can do it even when I'm still, I'm a sole founder. It was because my mom raised, basically, she raised me kind of alone. So why can't I just do it alone? So she, she was a solo founder yeah. of, of you. Yeah, exactly. So that's my learning from my parents. Yeah, I still have a good relationship with my, my dad, by the way, but basically the whole path from elementary school to college, it was my mom raised me alone. So, and basically with lots of research or report, so founder have 80% higher rate to success. That's really, really, yeah. You, if you search it, I have lots of articles talks about it. it it's all, the, <laughs> it's all the context though. Cause it, this is, this is the language I hear from solo founders before they meet the person that they really want to be their co-founder. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think it's, a, it's a matter of time. Yeah, exactly. I, I think, and you can't force it. You can't just say, I'm going to go get a co-founder yeah. and I'm going to pick the first best person that comes along. You yeah, can't exactly. do that. It's just and, about and timing. It is about timing. Yeah. And, but Luck. what you have done, and obviously we've, talked about this at length before is yeah. that you've built a team and you have a team of people that are working with you on this. Yeah. It's just that in terms of sharing the load with a co-founder, yeah, exactly. you just haven't identified that person yet. And that yeah. it feels like there's been enough serendipity in your path so far yeah. to get you to this point, then you can just continue to rely on that rather than forcing things. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And that's why we're happy to support you with this. Right. Yeah. So shout out to Peter and Hugh. <laughs> Because you didn't reject me exactly. just because I'm so founder. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> cool. We're at the point of the show, Howie, where this last question that I ask of everybody, which is what is one thing that people wouldn't expect to know about you? This is really very tough. So to be honest, some people, people, all, uh, no, not some people, people always ask me about if you can choose, well, you choose a different way, like after graduating from college and join the big company. Build a company is just a thing. It's just you use a different way to resolve some problem that you care about. And if at some universe, I had a chance to meet some good company, they are actually resolving some problem that I care about. So if someone is doing great, I just help them. So that's something that probably people don't, yeah, they won't, they, they don't think about, they probably won't think that I was so, I was thinking like that way. Okay. Yeah. No, you're just a very naturally helpful person <laughs> um, that, and, and I am too. And yeah. sometimes it gets the better of me. Yeah, exactly. Right? You know, it's a very interesting way to go through life, but it's one that I don't really think about consciously. It's just, it's what you do. Yeah, right? exactly. I gotcha. Cool. This has been a great chat. Thank <laughs> yeah. you Thank for you coming out to the show. Yeah, enjoy it. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you, Howie? Currently, search maybe on LinkedIn. My name is Howie Yang, H-O-W-I-E-Y-O-U-N-G. Or if you come to our website and leave messages on the lobby, I probably will reach out to you just LinkedIn or to our website. Awesome. To leave contact on the lobby. Yeah. Great. Thanks so much, Howie.
Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Pete. Yeah. <laughs> that does it for this week, folks. Thanks to Howie for opening up his mind to help us figure out why he does what he does. And you can learn more about Howie and Protico in the show notes on our website, moneyneversleeps.ie. If you like what you heard, please leave us a rating and or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify as it helps others to find the show. Thanks to Conan Brophy from Create Sound for mixing and editing this episode. Conan is an excellent media man to get in touch with when you're thinking about launching your own podcast. Also, thanks again to the wonderful person who is Salem Chowdhury from Techstars London for lending me all of his podcast gear and his office to record this episode. Happy birthday, Salem. As for me, I'm an early stage startup investor focused on where fintech meets crypto and crypto meets Web3, and I lead the Techstars Web3 Accelerator. There are plenty of links in the show notes on moneyneversleeps.ie on how to get in touch, so don't hesitate to reach out. Finally, till next time, thanks for listening. See ya. Money never sleeps, pal.